Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm James Courtney. Tony Delberto. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Todd Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now, here's your host, Craig Revell. The season of endurance is about to start. Of course, uh, to get back there now is, uh, is sensational. Michael Caruso talks about his Travis Cloak-like future in V8 supercars. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it's always going to be a bit of chat about what's going on. And Christian Clean is getting set for his endurance taboo. We just try to uh, prepare ourselves as best as possible. That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Here's the news brought to you by Nobrack Carbon Fibre Products. Craig Lowndes is looking forward to Sandown returning as the 500. We asked him what it means. Oh, look, the um, Sandown track's always been the, the 500 for me for, for many, many years. And, of course, uh, to get back there now is, uh, is sensational. I think it's, uh, you know, it's, a, it's a crowd favourite. You, know, you can sit in the grandstand and see nearly 90% of the whole track. So uh, it's been kind to us, been good to us. So I'm looking, really looking forward to uh, you know, getting uh, down there. Obviously, Warren Luff and I are teaming up, and that's going to be exciting. He's, uh, you know, he's keen and eager. The car's been working really well. So uh, for, for, uh, for both of us, uh, we're both uh, encouraged, obviously, with the car speed at the moment. Michael Caruso is excited to be heading out to the long distance races. Yeah, look, it's um, it's that time of the year again, and it comes around really quick. But um, I mean, obviously, Sandown is a different circuit to what it's been in the past with Phillip Island. So uh, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. But uh, you know, being uh, just down the road from the workshop, it's a good opportunity to um, hopefully uh, start off really strong. And I'm, I'm happy that I'm. You know, Greg's obviously a very experienced driver, so taking him uh, to obviously Sandown and then Bathurst, uh, the big one, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're looking good as long as we, um, you know, we just keep trucking along and uh, get the car sorted for, you know, what we need to on the day, and I'm sure we'll be good. We asked Caruso about his contract negotiations, which are becoming a key in the whole silly season speculation. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it's always going to be a bit of chat about what's going on, and, um, at this stage, we're just, um, you know, just trucking along, and I'm, you know, I'm happy concentrating on my driving uh, with Fujitsu Racing, and you know, like you said before, it's endurance time, and uh, you know, there's there's 28 other cars out there that are trying to win these two races, and you know, they do that every weekend, but these are the big ones. This is, uh, you know, going to Bathurst for the 50th event. You just want to be totally focused on that, and that's exactly what I'm going to be doing. Doesn't contract negotiations take your mind away from that, though? Um, I'm, I'm fortunate I'm surrounded by some good people so uh, you know when I get in the car I uh, focus on the job at hand and um, you know I guess that's 
it's a part of life. So, you know, it's no different to, uh, you know, any other sports athletes or, you know, even everyday, you know, work life between nine to five. So you've just got to, you know, do the best you can with what you got and, um, you know, see what you've got to deal with the next day. GRM have also announced that they'll have IndyCar driver James Hinchcliffe in one of their cars at the Gold Coast 600, although which car and the second international is still to be named. David Reynolds talked about his thoughts not only heading towards the Enduros, but also his great mate Daniel Gaunt's chances. He's looking forward to it. He's a good guy. He'll go fine. You're not going to give him too much advice then? No, he gives me advice actually. He's He's a smart kid, a lot smarter than me. If I had his brain and my opportunity, it'd be pretty cool. Austrian driver Christian Klein is preparing himself for the 50th Bathurst. We asked him about his plans moving ahead in V8 supercars. No doubt that it's a, it's a difficult step to get a, you know to be competitive in V8 supercars because it's it's quite different uh, uh, to what you, we are used to in, in Europe or basically what I was driving before, more single-seaters and, uh, and prototype cars like in Le Mans. So you have to get used to the, the way to drive these cars, which is quite unique and, and difficult. We hear more from Clean in this week's White Flag Lap. The future of Techno Motorsports as a two-car team is still up in the air. We asked Michael Patrici about his hopes not to drop out of the main game again. You know, I, I spoke. We spoke about it when I was racing in Perth. Um, I'll keep my cards close to my chest. Um, however, you know, Techno have have an option on me until October, and um, I'll be silly not to want to stay here. You know, it's it's been great. Um, it's in their the ball's in their court. Um, hopefully, they make the right decision and and keep me on, which I'm pretty sure they will. Um, and but we'll we'll wait and see. You know, uh, yeah, I don't want to be sitting on the sidelines. I, I think I deserve a spot here. I, I think this year I've proven that I, I'm definitely worthy of a, of a shot, and, and I think I can win the championship in a couple of years' time. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I don't think I'll leave the sport. I'd be quite disappointed if I did, and it'd be out of my hands. And finally, VHX magazine is on sale now with its 50th Bathurst anniversary livery. Mark Larkham, Kim Jones and Frosty Winterbottom all share their unique perspectives. V8X is on sale now. And that's the news brought to you by Nobrac Carbon Fibre Products. Check out the entire range at nobrac.com.au. That's N-O-B-R-A-C.com.au. After the break, John Bannon and Richard Crowell join me on the V8 Insiders. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week, it's uh, freelance journalist John Bannon. John, great to have you back on the show. 
Thanks for having me, Craig. And also, our good friend from Speed Week, it's Richard Kral. Richard, good evening to you. Craig. John, good evening, good afternoon, welcome, uh, nice to be here. I had another introduction all prepared, I should have done it, I'm sorry. It's Richard Crail, uh, sorry, and kicking back in his brand new vineyard in the Barossa, it's Richard Crail. <laughs> well, it's not quite a vineyard, there are grapevines, but it's not quite a vineyard, but I appreciate the sentiment, thank you very much. Well, one person that's hoping to drink some sort of grape juice, uh, namely champagne, is probably Craig Lowndes returning to the Sandown 500 because uh, it is one way that he'll be assured of getting his championship back into that throng of a three-way cut-and-thrust tussle because at the moment it looks like uh, that the gap that has been created between of course, uh, championship leader Jamie Wincup and Mark Winterbottom might be a little bit too hard to bridge unless you have an FPR or a Triple Eight car not finishing, certainly in the top 10 in these Enduros, Richard. Yeah, but at the same time, the gap between the top four being Wincup, Davison, Frosty, Winterbottom and CL going into the Enduros is the smallest it's ever been in the current format. So it's actually closer than it looks. So there's 150-odd points covering the four guys, 300 points for a win at Sandown 500, another 300 for a big win at Bathurst in October. So it's very, very, you know, these next couple of weeks are the key weeks in the championship. And that's what Craig Lowndes has said since day one this year. He said, the second half of the year favours me, and these are the next, you know, these are the key rounds that, that A, he always goes well at, but B, that that will decide the championship because if you go well at Sandown, you go well at Bathurst and one of the closest rivals has a bad weekend somewhere, never mind, you've got co-drivers playing in on this as well and really having a role in the outcome of the championship now, um, it can turn things on its head. So I, I disagree. I think Craig is right in the hunt and going into Sandown, which is a place he's basically owned ever since he came into the category, much like his uh, mentor Peter Brock, um, I think he's in with a very, very good shot. And the other thing I think is good is his co-driver, Warren Luff, who's hugely underrated in V8 supercars, but works well with Lowndes. Um, two buses, 12 hours together. They've raced at the Nair ring together. They're a, a good combination. They work well. I think he's in a better position now than he's been in the last three or four years. We mm. all know what's happened there. And then uh, in the Enduros. Of course, John, that is... Uh uh, a critical one and as people heard in the news Craig explained that well when you're trailing you quite like the rules that don't let you team up with your teammate because then you've got a chance to get some points on him it's a different matter when you're leading the championship of course well that's right the the pressure of course is is always on in this scenario that the championship leader um Jamie Winkup in that uh he can go backwards if he if he doesn't continue to, to perform and, and to uh, win these enduro events. And as RC has alluded to, uh, Craig Lowndes is the enduro master. So uh, he'll be very strong. He, he's got a, uh, an excellent uh, co-driver in Warren Luff. And he'll be hard to stop. But really, so will all three of those uh, combinations. I mean... Uh, Win Cup is with Dumbrell and that'll be a, a super team as well and probably a lot stronger in, in some respects and no um, disrespect to Andrew Thompson but you know poor Dumbrell is someone who's come off uh, being a, a full-time um, driver and, and now in his first time as a, 
as a co-driver, it's a pretty handy co-driver to have. Interesting. One of the rule changes, Richard, for this weekend, and I'm interested to get your thoughts, air jacks must be manually operated from the fast lane side of the car. Normally the air jack, air jack man is on the pit garage side. That's an interesting change considering most changes get made to make things safer. Was there a reasoning behind that move? I've, I've not seen that since um, that, that sort of explained anywhere in the press. But it's an interesting one. Uh, has there been a reasoning announced for it? No, it's just I read the sub-regs and it says the air jack operator must remain in control of the air jacks at all times during the pit stop. No fluid is to vent towards the fast lane. But to me, that just seems uh, interesting that you'd put a third man... Uh, well, yeah, you'd effectively put a third man on the fast side of the car in pit lane. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's a bit strange. I'm not too sure. Um, it's a well-known fact that they actually got the air jack prong on both sides of the car or it can be swapped around either side to see which direction racetrack they're running on. So, um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm not sure. I'd need to have a read of the week myself to, to see and understand that if indeed that is the case. But, yeah, that's, that's an odd one. But, I mean, it just plays into the whole enduro thing, doesn't it? But, Pit stops would play a big part in V8 supercars now at every round, but the, the Enduros, they're just always more important. And, um, you know, they, they slow the fuel flow a few years back, so the stops are longer. Takes a bit of the pressure off the driver changes, but now we're at a point where teams are making quite routine brake rotor uh, and caliper changes. Just unclip the caliper, slide the rotor out, whack a new one on, where we go. Um, so there's still an immense amount of pressure. So either way, the regs are. I don't think it changes the the ultimate situation in that the, the crews have such a bearing on these races. And Sand F500s have a, a habit for being pretty close and there's a tough old track stand out and you get a safety for five or six laps to go and it's properly going on and, you know, the crews might be uh, responsible for getting your car in track position. John, what's your thoughts about having that extra man on the far side? Well, as RC said, if that's the case, then, well... I guess it's a safety issue, but can you really see them doing something that would uh, hamper safety in any way? I'd, I'm sure if that is the case, they've looked into it and uh, and it's been properly, uh, I guess, analysed or thought about. And I, I don't think, as as RC said, the pit stops will be a big deal. So maybe that little change will throw some teams off, but. Otherwise, uh, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. If the, the governing body of the sport said okay, then then that's that, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, uh, well, it's a very interesting one indeed because pit stops are going to be the probably in a cl- such a close season. Pit stops are going to be the key between FPR and also Triple Eight, and you have to think, John, if there's any stacking going on, it could be to the detriment of one of those four championship contenders. Well, if there is stacking, then someone will always lose time. So uh, I guess for that reason, track position will be important and it'll be interesting to see how team tactics pay, play out and also rivalries within um, the two teams. Uh, there certainly won't want to be any clashes on, on the track and, and you can imagine that any driver who uh, was stacked behind another car would certainly be uh, fuming behind the helmet and, and just wanting to get back out there. Richard, stacking, do you think that's oh, going to be a factor in the final result? Uh, yeah, oh, look, I don't know. Um, 
it, it just it, it adds to that that teammate battle, doesn't it? And the fact we've got two FPR and, and two Team Vodafone cars fighting for the championship kind of makes it, it's not humorous, but it's ironic in a way that, that they're going to have to come to that situation if they get a safety car when they want to go off sequence or not. Um, I, I've been pretty vocal about Bathurst last year and, and how it, it, I think well, there's no doubt that it cost Craig Lowndes a Bathurst victory uh, there because they stacked three pit stops behind their teammates who ultimately didn't get a result but it cost them the finish, and Lowndes lost the race by two-tenths of a second. So um, there's no doubt in my mind they would have won last, won last year, and, but that's how, the, that's how the regs are. That's how the, the races play out, and that's just part of the game. If, if Lowndes was in front of Wink up at the time, he would have pitted first, and there might have been a different result. But, yeah, it's a huge thing, and, and the, teams have got to, um, the teams have got to play the game, and they've got to make sure that their drivers are very much aware of where it is and how it's all going to play out. It's just a huge part. And that's why I love Enduro so much, not just V8 Enduros, but, but 12-hour races at Bathurst or wherever it might be, that this is all part of the game, that the bottoms in pit lane get such a role in the race and calling strategy and and um, and calling the way the race plays out. It's, it's a massively underestimated part of, of a race weekend. Mm. Now, of course, the race might have been moved from Phillip Island, John, but we still have this almost incomprehensible qualifying system. A 20-minute qualifying on Saturday, followed by two 60-kilometre races. Yeah, I didn't understand it uh, when I worked in the industry, Craig, directly. But, um, you know, (laughs) it it is a crazy setup. I don't know why it just can't be done like uh, it is at the normal rounds. And I I think, I, I, I really believe that it's confusing for the fans and, if something is not simple, and if you can't, if your fans can't understand it and know what's going on, then it shouldn't exist. It's as simple as that. Uh, so it's it's silly, in, in my opinion. And I think the quicker that they they get rid of it, uh, the better. Mm. The, the qualifying races to me feel like a Friday at a bog standard V8 supercar round at you know QR or Winton or wherever it might be. Nothing gets done. Uh, you, you go to a racetrack, they pound around on old tyres, they whinge about being on old tyres, and you don't get a particularly good idea of where you're at on new tyres because you don't have enough new tyres to run um, on Friday because you need to save them for quality and the races on Saturday, Sunday, which is why Eastern Creek work or Sydney Motorsport Park works so well because, bang, we were straight into it Saturday morning and it worked, and, and Friday just seems irrelevant. The qualifying races at Sandown and at Phillip Island the last couple of years seem the same thing to me. It it seems like a good opportunity to shunt your racing car for the second biggest race of the season, or the biggest, depending on where you count the crystal, um, uh, and turn it into a a ball of um, steel and carbon fibre before a big race on Sunday. So, yeah, I agree with John. I, I think it's quite confusing. It's hard to explain. Doesn't serve any benefit. Maybe TV audiences on a Saturday afternoon, but... They're all going to be watching football anyway. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd go back to a shootout for Sandown. Top 10, where you go. All right. We need to take a break. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. 
showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. It's Richard Kral and also John Bannon joining me, Craig Reville, as we preview the Sandown 500. All right, we need to talk about who do we think has got the co-driver to do the job. Of course, Warren Luff, as Richard said, John, is certainly got the credentials and the experience working with Craig Lowndes. He, he does, and uh, he's very experienced. He gets on with Craig remarkably well, and he's a very, very solid driver uh, that won't make mistakes, who'll uh, run consistent laps and, and will do a, a very good job. But you know, Jamie Wincup has an equally good driver in, in poor Dumbrell, uh, you know, someone who was, was winning races last year, and and then, you know, from, from there, uh, FPR have, have got a strong line-up uh, as well. So, you know, John McIntyre and, and Stephen Richards, who, who partner Will Davison and, and Mark Winterbottom, respectfully, are, are two experienced um, drivers who have, you know, done it before. So it's, it's very hard to split that, those uh, four pairings. Mm-hmm. What about yourself, Richard? Well, I, I, I like the point JB made earlier on about um, about Dumbrell. I think that's incredibly valid, and and he is arguably the most credentialed co-driver of the year, and that's just typical of uh, Roland Dane and, and Team Vodafone for getting that done. But yeah, look, there are some good combinations, and I think um, I think there could be some some dark horses out there. You can never count out Garth Tander in these races, nor the Holden Racing Team, and. Nick Perricat, I think, is a very different driver to the one he was 12 months ago. Bear in mind, he won Bathurst. Um, I, I think they're probably a, a reasonable, um, you know, reasonable shot. I, I get in trouble for predicting things, Craig, and there's people on Twitter that um, picked up that somehow or another I, I picked the last, or the top three of the Bathurst 1000 last year, and um, I kept getting asked for uh, my tipping advice for this year, and I'm very hesitant to give it because nine times out of ten it's horribly wrong. I, I will pick an outsider now, in that I think Techno Autosport could be a pretty good, uh, pretty good sort of shot for an outside result at this weekend. Um, one of the factors that they've got Johnny Reid in one of their cars, and I rate Reid incredibly highly for what he's done in Porsche Carrera Cup this year. So um, I'm just just throwing that out there as um, just an offside sort of tip. Now, Rick- well, that and Patrizzi's had really a stellar comeback here, hasn't he? He's, he's done a great yeah, job. Pritchard's been really good, and um, and it's been an impressive season. Um, he's kept the car straight. He's got some really good, consistent results. And Webby, as we've seen, has been towards the front of the field. So Reid and Patrizzi were teammates in Carrera Cup last year and, and had quite a few comings together, actually. But if anything, it's made them a better pairing for this because they're going to be driving each other really hard to get to the front. I think they're the stronger of the two techno combinations. And, um, yeah, I don't think you would have said that five years ago. But, um, yeah, I liked him as an outsider. Good point. Now, the interesting thing about Sandown, last year when it was two sprint races, Rick Kelly and Todd Kelly finished on the podium uh, splitting James Courtney. Do we give those three drivers any chance now that it's an enduro? 
I should say remembering that Kelly Brothers had been extremely good at qualifying races over the year. Their first race as a team came at Phillip Island in a qualifying race. Well, <laughs> sorry, RC. Uh, I was just, I, I was just thinking that uh, I, I, I think James Courtney might go all right. I mean, he's got a very good co-driver in, in Cameron McConville, someone who's experienced, gets a lot of miles under his belt. Uh, maybe they'll spring a bit of, of a surprise. Courtney's form of, of late has improved um, a, a bit, and he's sort of been right on the heels of Tanda. So, I think it's possible that they'll do better than, than people expect. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a, a valid one. Kelly's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Really hard to read. They've had a horrible season, haven't they? And maybe the Enduros is where they're going to shine. Maybe they can um, they can use some strategy and uh, and get themselves up the order. I don't think there's any gap. They don't have the, 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 the pace to do the job. Um, and that's just been a byproduct of the season they've had. And we're all looking forward to seeing what they do next year. Yeah, um, it, it's going to take a really good strategy call by them and play the game with the safety car for them to um, to get a win or a podium, I think, at, uh, at the Sandown 500. Mm. Now, right. who's your darkie there, Richard? Um, oh, look, well, can, I, can I roll? Well, are we looking for a podium or a, a dark horse for a win? Oh, look, I'll, you are that good at Enduros, I'm going to let you pick your criteria. Oh, well... I'm going to stick with my um, I'm going to stick with my techno autosport combination. Uh, I'll, I'll throw a couple at you that, that I think might feature, and let, let's say top five. All right, so the Vodafone cars are going to be there. I think for the record, officially, I think Lound and um, uh, Warren Luff will win the race. Right, mm-hmm. I don't think that's an issue. I think FPR will go well. They always go well at Sandown. So Frosty and Richo, great combination, and Steve loves the Enduros. Um, for some smokies outside of that, Holdsworth and Baird in the Irwin car. This is Lee Holdsworth kind of race, and Craig Baird's been driving really, really well lately in a whole different lot of different cars. So uh, I think he'll be good. Um, I'm just rolling through the entry list now. Um, real smokies could be maybe Fabian Coulthard and David Bernard. That could be a, a surprise one. Here's one for you. Uh, Alex Davison driving with James Moffat. Rate that combination. This is the time for DJR to bounce back after a horrible year. Moss got himself a new rig for this as well from last round. So uh, it's a, basically a new car. Um, let's let's throw them in as a smoke at the end of 161 laps. We look and see car 18, the Norton Falcon there, and go, how on earth did they get in the top five? But mm. that, there you go. All right, then, JB, your thoughts. And I, I will preface the uh, the comments RC made, since we're going with the initials there, Um the Techno Autosports combination of Webb and McLaughlin have already had a win in a Juro. They took out the Father's yeah. Day 400 over there in the New Zealand Super Tours. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess it's a, a big of a step up for, for Scott. He's had a very good year in the in the Dunlop series, and uh, I guess it's, it's his big chance. He's been waiting for it for about three seasons since he entered that uh, development series, and uh it's it's a chance to prove that that he belongs there. He's a he's a very young bloke, so he's got time on his side, and and maybe that that combination will uh, spring a surprise. Uh, I think the other person who's always very good at, at enduros and and you know in these big events is is the Jason Brights of this world. Um, Brighty and and Jones have, have been a combination in, in the past, and uh, you know I'm sure they'll do a 
a really good job and, and BJR seems to lift for enduro events and, and it seems to to suit their car so who knows they could uh, spring a bit of a, a surprise uh, and maybe a bit of a return to form for, for Van Giz uh, he's been a little bit off his game by probably his his high standards uh, this year having said that he's sitting fifth in the championship so he's hardly doing a a, a bad job but um I, you know maybe uh this will be a, a chance to to really cement uh his place in history too mm. it is going to be a interesting sandown 500 uh do you have a winner for us there john uh, you're going to jump on the lounge luff bandwagon I think RC is correct in, in saying that it's they're the favourites and, and and rightly so with Lowndes' record. But Jamie Wincup, poor Dumbrell. I, th- I think having Dumbrell in that car is uh, is a masterstroke. And as RC said, uh, a, a real effort on on Roland Dane's uh, behalf. He always seems to get the the best drivers, and that combination I think will really take it to to their teammates mm. alright well I'm going to throw one out there don't be surprised when number 17 Steve Johnson and Alan Simonson are standing yeah. on that podium at the end of the weekend I'm a huge rap for Simonson and Johnson yeah. of course is always quality over the long distant events and you have to figure they know their season championship season's gone they've got to be keeping something in the tank for of course Sandown and Bathurst yeah I, I was just thinking that Craig as, as JB was, was rattling through his list and and I, I regret not saying that because, um, yeah, Simonson um, is one of the best in the business anywhere in the world. And um, having seen what he did at Bathurst in the Ferrari in the 12-hour earlier this year, I just continue to believe so highly in what he's capable of. And, um, yeah, it, it could be the kind of event that DJR can stand up at, and I really like that. Final comment from me without notice is that I reckon these Enduro pairings are actually the best we've had since this new regulation um, not permitting full-time drivers to team up together. I reckon it's the best we've had. Just roll through some of the names. You know, Andrew Thompson with Tim Slade, Morris and Owen, Owen Kelly, who always goes well with Murph, Jack Perkins, who had a great result in NZ with Alex Pramat, Scotty Pye gets to go with Taz Douglas, you know, Cam McConville's there, Chris Pitter, great young driver with David Wall, um, Alex Davo with Moss, as we said, David Russell, who's won development races this year. I reckon it's one of the better you know, 28 car grids that, that we've seen in Enduro since this new race has come out. I don't know what you guys think, but um, that just sort of sprung into my mind then. Well, we can talk about it on the night before the 500 because we've actually gone overtime here tonight. John, uh, I'll get you to respond to that quickly. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. There's certainly no duds on that grid. Uh, they're all quality, and in, in many cases, the the uh, co-driver is almost as strong as, as the lead driver, if not on par. So uh, it certainly creates for uh, an interesting dimensions where the, the, the co-driver could really lift um, their team uh, into a position where they could spring a, a really good result for, for perhaps some of those uh, midfield teams. Mm. Well, it is going to be interesting to see how the Sandown plays out. Richard, John, always a pleasure to have you guys on the show and look forward to catching up with you both again very soon. Thanks, boys. Great to chat to you, guys. The White Flag Lap is up next here on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. 
Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lab, Christian Cleans talked to us about his plans for the rest of this year in V8 supercars when we caught up with him at Sydney Motorsport Park. Absolutely. Well, uh, I'm obviously staying out now until until uh, the big one betters. So, uh, as a, because I'm, I'm already Australian, so I thought I might as come as, uh, to Sydney as well just to follow the team more closely on the race weekends. Uh, it just helps to get to get uh, you know used the way the guys uh, the way how they work here in V8 supercars and get to know the people a bit better and uh, work closer together with Russell Ingle as well because obviously the next race is uh, Sandown the Enduro and uh, we just try to uh, prepare ourselves as best as possible. Now when you see the likes of Alex and uh, Jacques coming over here and they're getting beat up on by these guys. Uh, I hear that you also wouldn't mind being full-time out here in Australia. Does that give you any pause or concern? Well, it's certainly uh, no doubt that it's, uh, it's a difficult step to get, uh, you know, to be competitive in V8 supercars because it's, it's quite different uh, uh, to what you, we are used to in, in Europe or basically what I was driving before, more single-seaters and, uh, and prototype cars like in Le Mans. So you have to get used to the, the way to drive these cars, which is quite unique and, and difficult. Uh, and uh, that's why it was good that the team gave me quite a lot of time this year just to prepare myself, getting in the car as much as possible in, you know, in, in tests or, or passenger ride days or the, the co-driver sessions. And it, it takes a lot of time to, you know, to, to feel yourself comfortable. And, uh, you know, we will see in the Enduros how it really looks on the racetrack when you race against the other guys. But you can see from, I was, was talking to Alex Prima, and he says, yeah, it's difficult because all the tracks are new. Uh, how to set up the car is new. You don't know any of the tricks, what the, what the guys know here who are racing here for, for 10 years or so. So it's definitely uh, a challenging hard step. Obviously, the cars are going to change next year. Does that make you uh, feel that that would be the time to enter into the sport when everything, or, well, well, sorry, when one aspect of the, of the racing is new? Absolutely, I think that uh, would be the perfect timing to get uh, to get into this new category. It's uh, obviously next year uh, completely new for, for everybody. It's new for for the teams, for the engineers, for the drivers as well. How to drive these cars, and uh, you know, every, everybody starts more or less from zero. So that's definitely a good step, a good time to to, to step in. What's your goal for these endurance races? Well, obviously, if you look at uh, of, of our car, the last two rounds, uh, Russell Ingle did very well. The car got uh, quite a lot better. Uh, the last four rounds, uh, all the time in top 10. So it's just the right time that, you know, we picked up speed and, uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, found out that you could set up for the car. And, uh, you know, I just hope, uh, you know, it can help him as much as possible to get a good result out. And, uh, but the expectations can't really say it's it's difficult to say we just go to Sandown and see how it goes and hopefully well with your international credentials what makes Australia such a interest and a, a good fit for you well the championship is obviously very very strong it's uh, the teams work very professional 
and uh, you just have to look at the qualifying races there are 20 cars in one second and uh, just the level is really high that that makes it interesting to come here and uh, you know the key point was last year when I did the Gold Coast race uh, there where I could see actually behind the scenes a little bit more of V8 supercars and I was I was really uh, fascinated of the category and that's why that it uh, you know I wanted to come here to do the Enduro races and and, and hopefully uh, uh, race full time uh, here as well. Well, what do you put your chances in percentage figures into being on the grid next year? Ah, you can't say that in motorsport. I think first of all I have to concentrate on the Enduro races. Hopefully they go well, and then we think about the next step. Well, thanks for your time, and we look forward to seeing you in Santa. Thank you very much. And that's all for another week here on the V8 Insiders. My thanks to John Bannon and to Richard Crowell. As the checker flag waves over another edition, till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.